Hello, you are listening to Forefront. This is Adam and Christina Hannon. We've been married for 16 years. We have four kids and is celebrating Easter still, right? Yeah, it's Easter week. Easter week. In fact, uh, one of the things that Christina and I love to do is travel. Two years ago, we had taken a trip to Europe together, our first one, and it was the week of Easter. What we didn't know until we got there is that man, they celebrate Easter Monday. Right. So everything was closed. We couldn't do any of the sightseeing we wanted to do. (laughs) (laughs) We would have planned our trip a little bit differently had we known that. Right. Well, welcome to Forefront. This is your opportunity to eavesdrop in on us as we discuss three questions. What's something that brought you joy this week? What's something that's been hard? And what's been on the forefront of your mind? So let me start with you, Christina. What's something that's brought you joy this week? Speaking of traveling to Europe over Easter, you know, when we were there, we went to Kuchenhof in Holland. The tulip garden. Yes. It's huge. It was beautiful. And I love tulips. Mm. They're my favorite flower, hands down. And so this week, I splurged a little bit. I bought myself a huge bouquet of white tulips. I don't know, something about white tulips. They're just so clean so fresh they just make me feel so good so they are on the kitchen island i don't know why also tulips on the kitchen island that's just where they have to be (laughs) i'm just over here taking notes white tulips on the island island. got it (laughs) (laughs) good job thank you thank you how about you what's something that brought you joy this week had a uh, Zoom call last night with some uh, some special people. These are old college roommates of mine. It's been so long since I've seen these people in person. But to be able to connect over technology, I tell you what it was is you know with all this isolation and quarantining going on, mm-hmm. one of our buddies in this group said, "You guys want to Zoom? Really need to hang with some people." So we got the Zoom going, and man, it was so good to connect with all of them at the same time. I've interacted with a few lately over text or or whatever, but to have all of us in one room, air quote. (laughs) Didn't you call it the roomy zoomy? Yes, the roomy zoomy with all the old roommates. It (laughs) It was entertaining. It was so good to see where life has brought us in these past I don't even want to think how many years now. It's been uh, 17 years. Oh, wow. Ooh. But it was good. I don't want this to be the last time. No. Quarantine or no quarantine. <laughs> Any major surprises that came out of that? Not really. A lot of consistency. I guess the biggest surprise is that our personalities haven't really changed much. <laughs> sure. You know? Yeah. A lot of life has happened. You know, marriages and, you know, babies Uh, jobs, different jobs, different career paths. One guy's been overseas in the army, but still, these are still the guys that I know and love. Mm, Don't you love when you can just pick up a conversation with someone and it's been 17 years and Mm -hmm. you're like, yeah, we're still just like, we didn't miss a beat. That's so great. Yeah. In fact, uh, what was it I heard recently? We have to be physically distanced right now. We don't have to be socially distanced right now. Mm -hmm. I think we've been calling it the wrong thing. Yeah. We can still be social. It just looks different. Well, way to go. Way to lead the charge on that. (laughs) All right. So next one is a hard question. Literally, what's something that's been hard for you this week? Mm. Well, I'm realizing how selfish I am 
And to a very sad degree, you know, we're in the state of some things need to be sacrificed, right? Sure. Yeah. For everybody. For everybody. And so different sacrifices have to be made. And I'm finding even in my sacrifice, I'm doing it from a place of selfishness. And it's sort of I'm playing the martyr, in all these things like oh feel so bad for me you know or look how much i've sacrificed for you <laughs> you know and like for what you know what what gain do i get out of this i'm just hoping you know that my kids will see like oh look at how much mom is giving up for us and they don't know they don't care <laughs> like, like, right. what do i want what do i want i just want people to say like oh good job you're so kind and loving and giving and all these things which i'm not i'm so selfish that's what it is <laughs> even in your sacrificial giving it's, it's selfish just... <laughs> giving that's what it is it's so bad so that's been hard. I mean, I've had to kind of scold myself a few times. Like, what am I doing? Like, stop playing the martyr. It is not, this is not worth it. For the record, I don't think you're selfish. But on the flip side, I guess you're not just speaking about yourself. You're kind of speaking to all of us a little bit. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm laughing about it because it's kind of funny. Mm. But it's also like, man, check my own motives. Right. Why are you giving up what you're giving up? Yeah. And sometimes it is. I mean, some people really have to make sacrifices out of necessity. Yeah. And then maybe maybe even I am making some sacrifices out of necessity, but I'm doing it I still want louder. people to see it. Yeah. yeah. I'm doing it in a bigger way, <laughs> like a showier way. Like, look at me. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> How about you? What's something that's been hard for you this week? Uh, what's been hard for me, not so much what's been hard for me, but what has been hard for our kids has been finding those Easter eggs I hid. Oh, man. So having to do Easter a little differently, and I was uh, I was the sole Easter egg hider. It's usually my dad and I, mm-hmm. uh, but we couldn't travel to Minnesota and be with my family. So uh, it was just on me. And I tell you what. Hiding Easter eggs is not something I take casually. <laughs> no, definitely not. They would be lucky if they found them all by July. Yeah, when we're out in the backyard for hours hunting down <laughs> eggs. It's not that big of a yard either. No, there's not. I didn't think there were that many places to hide. <laughs> yes. What's really impressive is when you did it in the living room. And even then. 12 eggs, one living room. It took him, what, half an hour? It was crazy. <laughs> like, this is beyond just the under-the-couch cushion scenario. I take a lot of pride in this. <laughs> <laughs> I think the kids really enjoy it, too. Because here's how I know they enjoy it. Because after finding the eggs, later in the afternoon on Easter, our two daughters uh, took some eggs outside, and they hid eggs for me to find. Mm-hmm. And I ended up finding them all. But what they said afterwards was, Dad, it is a lot of fun to hide them rather than look for them. Mm-hmm. Like, I know, sweetie. <laughs> I remember I was in the living room and all of a sudden, boink, I hear this like egg hit the window. They put tape on the back of the egg and thrown it up <laughs> to the second, to the story, second of the story 
like who's gonna retrieve this egg? This guy. <laughs> All right, so uh, something that's been on the forefront of your mind. Well, you know, I like to keep things running smoothly, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. In in all of life, and and especially in marriage as well. And so I've been thinking a lot about what are the the systems that we put in place in our marriage to kind of keep it all running. You know, like what are the really important parts of marriage, like friendship and communication and finances and romance and and things like that. And we have systems in place to keep those things running well. You know, like in friendship, we, we like to play games together. We like to enjoy shared experience together. You know, those systems keep our friendship going. Mm -hmm. And finances, we have a budget, right? That's the system used to keep that rolling. And communication, we like to go for a walk every afternoon. It just keeps us talking and communicating about what's happening, what has happened, what needs to happen, all those things. It's the uninterrupted time in the day. But I've been thinking about there's another aspect of marriage that I'm not quite sure that we have a good system in place for and and we need to change that and and get better at that and and the the area of our marriage that I don't see the system in place for quite yet is repairing past hurts Hmm. or you know mending open wounds right every marriage is gonna have this you married a, a sinful person, right? So two sinners are married. There's going to be hurt. I mean, it's just eventually it's going to happen. I love the illustration that John Piper uses of thinking of your marriage as a big grassy field. And you're walking through it. And, and at first, all you see is, you know, the green grass and the flowers and the, the beautiful paths, right? And then pretty soon you start stepping in cow pies, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and it's like, where did all these cowboys come from? And the reality is, like, we all mess up, right? It's it's the sin. It's the flaws. It's the um, the junk, that we all have and we all keep creating in our marriages. It's our selfishness. And so he says you have to take those cowboys and you have to take them to the compost pile. Piling it up and just being able to go there and recognize it for what it is. That's not where you want to spend your time. But it's a necessary function within the marriage. So you get a shovel you do the work, you pick up the cow pie, you take it to the compost pile. And I think in going there, as you're mixing and stirring this compost, you're starting to realize like, it's not just the other person's junk that's in there. It's my junk too, right? We're both contributing to the mess that is making this thing up. And so how do we take that fertilizer from the compost pile and go out and use it to then fertilize the flowers so that we can have beautiful tulips to walk through and make this better and kind of use it for the good. I mean, that's what I want. When you think Mm. about like 
repairing wounds and past hurts. Like I think about muscle tissue, right? I mean, when you're lifting weights, you're tearing your muscle tissue so that it can grow back stronger than it was before, right? That's why we lift weights. And it's good. But what what does that healing process look like? And and the the going to the compost pile, the recognizing it, and then the taking it back out and fertilizing it. And I don't know. I mean, for us, I think there's this amount of time that kind of needs, like, I just need a little bit of space and you need a little bit of space. And sometimes I need to cry or you need to cry and we need to talk and, and apologize and, and forgive. Hmm. And not forgive and say like, oh, that's, it's okay. Because it's not, you know, we've wounded one another. And so to forgive and say, thank you for your apology. Let's make this better. So maybe we do have a system and I just don't like the steps involved. (laughs) I just don't like the process of going to the compost pile and stirring the compost and then bringing it back and fertilizing with it. That could be. Maybe there is a system. Nobody likes working with cow pies, Mm -hmm. but uh, when conflict does happen and past hurts come back up again or fresh wounds Mm -hmm. happen... Uh, I think the most important thing to remember as a married couple is that we are a team. Mm -hmm. Even if this person has just hurt me or maybe I hurt this person, whatever, we are a team. And to actually remind yourself of that and to remind your spouse out loud, we are a team. Oh, yeah. I love it when you say that to me. That's Hmm. one of the most reassuring things. Yeah. And... uh, even if I don't see a, I don't see a solution or resolution to this right now, but we will get there. We will get there together, and we will be stronger together because of it. That kind of reassurance that we are still a team, I think, is so important and so good, and I think helps point us in the direction of resolution. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hmm. and being able to take that walk then together through those yeah. grassy fields and enjoy it and say. We are growing. Yeah. And this is beautiful because we're putting in that work. Mm. And that's another thing. It's work. Like yeah. systems take work. It does take management. So thanks for working on this with me. Happy to. Yeah. What's been on the forefront of your mind this week? We got new neighbors. We're getting new neighbors. <laughs> The house next to us, right next door, has been vacant for a while, but somebody is going to be moving in shortly. Mm-hmm. There's this couple, and they are 90 and 91. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm so excited to have new neighbors. Oh, friends. But having next door neighbors who are in their 90s kind of gives the sense of responsibility in a way. Mm-hmm. Like, I need to be checking out. I need Because we're told to be good neighbors. I mean, it's all over the Bible. Jesus talks about it all the time. Be a good neighbor. Well, the people next door to us, we <laughs> should find ways to love them and serve them and take care of them. So how can I do that? Especially now in light of COVID-19, where we're told to stay separated from 
specifically vulnerable and older people. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I mean, they haven't moved in yet. We've got some time to figure that out. But I can't help but think of uh, your dad mm-hmm. found some great ways to serve older people in the church where he was at. Uh, tell about the, the garbage can. Oh, yes. Love this story. There was a woman uh, who attended my parents' church, and her husband passed away. Mm-hmm. And so my dad started stopping by her house once a week on garbage day. And he would go um, before work in the morning, and he would pull her can out to the street so the garbage man would come. And then on his way home from work, he would bring the can back to the back of the house. And this went on for years before she realized somebody has been taking up my garbage. <laughs> that was that was always something that her husband had done. And so mm. she had never needed to think about garbage day. Right. Taking out the can, bringing it back again. And so she didn't realize that somebody had been going out of their way, doing this for her and caring for her, being a good neighbor. Mm-hmm. He had actually taken me with him one time. Yeah, I forget. We were running to the store for something, and he stopped by this uh, this woman's house and brought her can back to her house. <laughs> <laughs> you know this person? Uh, but it was so neat. You know, years had gone by. She didn't even realize that somebody had been doing it, but he was so faithful to do it every single week. That is caring for your neighbor. So mm-hmm. can't help but think of your dad as an inspiration for uh, when we have our new neighbors move in. Yes. And I hear that she'll be a good neighbor to you because she loves baking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can't wait to introduce You'll myself. You'll be taken care of. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, thank you for hanging out with us. This is Forefront Podcast with Adam and Christina Hannah. We're so glad you joined us. Have a great week.